Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Uh, question, did you find yourself uh, hankering for some fast food at all this week, listening to... Uh, After college? Clemson going to the White House? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was trying to put myself in that position when I was that age. I didn't eat fast food even back then. I don't eat it now. So I think I don't think I'd have been too happy. Really? I don't think so. Um, I don't know though. Maybe I, w- I would have just said, well, "Oh, did, this is kind of cool." You did one thing good right from the start. You put yourself into a twenty-year-old's body right. as opposed to an an old, decrepit body like sure. ours. Um, I mean, if it was me now, I'd be offended. But right. But at twenty, you probably and, won't and you care. don't get to eat food like that when you're on the team. They they've got you in a pretty you know bottled up situation for for diet. I guarantee ninety percent of the guys on that team loved it. Really? Yeah. So you always hear about. You know, you go on you go on the trip out of town, road game. You get pizzas and stuff like that. Is that just kind of no? That's that wasn't. I mean, no kidding. That wasn't my recollection. It was more box lunches and set up things. I mean, huh. they they didn't want to feed you junk the night before a game. I mean, they got you on a you know okay. pretty I didn't pretty re- specific diet. I thought it was kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, the one thing I, mean, I tried to look into was um, I can Greg, see a training table, but like when they go on the road, it just seems like they eat a bunch of junk. No, no. Um, one thing that uh, I think it was Greg McElroy um, pointed out was he wasn't even sure if they even got fed when he went. Like, and I've I've heard other players say that they didn't even remember getting a meal that night. They just went to the White House. Oh, okay. So it's, when, when it's, he went to the White House, I see. Yeah, because he won so this national is, title when he's at Alabama. This is so. on, this is we don't even know if there's like it hasn't even is this been a one standard. We have no correct. Idea. I, I'm still fuzzy right. on that. So that I know you said that you don't eat fast food but yeah. i'm sure you have eaten fast food before and sure okay if there was one fast food joint okay that you could eat the rest of your life and Ooh. there was no ramifications no okay. <laughs> no sodium shock to your system okay. no indigestion you always knew it was it, w- it was treat you good Who, what would you pick well boy I, taco bell's awful mcdonald's is awful okay what- but define awful do you mean how it treats you or the taste I guess both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, are you wrapping in well, how it treats you into the... I probably am. You know. But I, I, I try to Like, Chick-fil-A. try to boil it down to just taste. Just taste? Because because we have, in this fantasy world, removed mm-hmm. any kind of ramifications. Name some fast food joints for me. McDonald's, yeah, Taco no, Bell, no. Burger King, no. Wendy's, Subway. No. Don't like any of them. Really? But I had a Chick-fil-A once, and it was outstanding. Chick-fil-A is amazing. Yeah. It's even borderline not fast food. It's so good. Well, I'll go there and get the grilled one, and I'll feel okay about myself, but I got the fried one one time. Okay. And it was unbelievable. So mm. I, I'm just going to say Chick-fil-A. All right. I would have a hard time choosing between Burger King or Taco Hell. Yeah, I know you, you like your Burger King. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Which I, I think is hysterical. You don't like Burger King? I had I was in Whopper, Vegas the no first onion? time I went to oh. Vegas. We were all dirt poor. We were right out of college, and we ate at the food court every day. And there was like two different options. One was Burger King. I had Burger King three or four days in a row, and I never wanted to see it again. <laughs> I mean, that's a tactical error right there. You can't eat any fast food even two days in a row, let alone five. Sure, but we didn't want to spend fifty dollars on no, steaks either. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think my final answer is I'd probably go with Taco Hell. Oh boy, God, it's good. Really bad stuff. Yeah, I don't know bad. how you even uh, eat it. Yeah, I I can't even find anything on the menu that's appetizing in any way. 
I can't find anything in the menu that I would not eat. Really? Yeah. It's the jeans in there. I, I I don't do it. I don't actively eat fast food because it, it, it would literally kill well, me. Because we're old and it yeah. kill us. Yeah. The, no joke. I don't know what age when all of a sudden the sodium shock hit yeah. me so bad. I, I just, you just have For to For me, stop. that was like early to mid 30s. Yeah. When I, I would say when right that started. Yeah. Something to look forward to for our younger listeners. Right. All right. So uh, what we're going to do for this podcast is a couple random uh, housekeeping items. Um, yeah. Big topic this week, whether people like it or not, has been the transfer portal. I've got a, just a couple more organized thoughts okay. I want to go through. And then, very exciting, we're going to get into the – so we had the uh, the uh, uh, preseason thoughts. Now these yeah. are the postseason thoughts. So in this case, it will be – how we thought the season went for uh, uh, each team, and then uh, maybe their number one best game of the year or worst part of the year, something like something that changed on their schedule. We're not doing every team. We're doing Wisconsin, Maryland, Purdue, and Penn State. All right. Completely random. So go ahead and jump in on the housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Sure thing. We'll try to go in alphabetical order here, starting with Illinois. The Jeff Thomas saga is finally over. Je- I have a little inside info here. Jeff was in the Illini football offices as late as 3 p.m. this past Tuesday, only hours later to tweet out, thank you, University of Illinois. I'll be remaining at Miami after new coach Manny Diaz decided to reinstate him onto the team. To, to which I told you, at this point, it's just better he's not on the team. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Jeff's got an, you know, a pretty checkered past. He's got a bad upbringing. It's hard to put all of it on him. But at the same time, I don't blame him for going to Miami. He was kicked off. That's why he was at Illinois in the first place. If they reinstate him, why wouldn't you go somewhere you're going to play right away as opposed to maybe playing this year at Illinois? Yeah. And he wants this to be his last year. He wants to go to the NFL and hopefully support his uh, baby daughter. So, I don't blame him, but I do blame Manny Diaz and a lot of the other players and coaches for their reaction on Twitter, which was unprofessional and unacceptable. So I will be cheering against Miami this year. Cam Watkins, cornerback, was going to be a senior this year. Will be entering the portal, transferring. Wait, are we? Let's. let's, uh, All right, we're in the portal. Uh, (laughs) We got a couple we could do. I don't know. A lot of portal. Okay, but Cam Cam's in there now. And let's see. So he, he was a depth guy, probably not going to be a starter, but I, it will be a loss because he, he was going to provide some senior leadership. Larry Oladipo, I don't know if you remember him getting arrested. He's been acquitted of all charges. Are we charges. still in Illinois? This is all <laughs> Illinois. Uh, acquitted of all charges, reinstated on the team, and they got another transfer, Richie Pettibone, offensive lineman from Alabama. And he was through the... Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. Right. Yeah, Richie was in that portal. He's now out. Okay, moving on to Indiana. Did you hear this one? This just happened earlier today. Indiana hires a new offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer. Now, Indiana fans, just settle down. I didn't say DeBoard. (laughs) I said DeBoer. Do you think his last name actually counted against him when they were going through the interview process? It's funny you say that because I texted my my buddy Alex, my IU insider, and I said, would this have just scared you away, the name alone? I think perhaps you should have been a little bit skeptical here. But good resume for for Kalen DeBoer. Last couple years offensive coordinator at Fresno. 
he took the team from 123rd in the country to 22nd in total offenses first year. Wow. Uh, before he was there, they only scored 212 points in 2016. This past year, they scored 485. Wow, more than double. Yeah. He also had stints at Eastern Michigan, Southern Illinois, and University of Sioux Falls. Three-time NAIA champs when he was there. Wow. He lost three games. He was 67-3 and three at U of Sioux Falls. That is an up-and-comer, sounds like. Pretty impressive. So uh, that's inter- interesting hire by IU. We'll be keeping our eye on that one this year. Iowa, what is going on with the defensive line in Iowa City? It's it's being decimated by the portal. Uh, decimated would oh, it doesn't even begin to describe it. It's being obliterated. Let's see. We have eight guys have either left for the NFL draft, graduated, are transferring or retiring from football just from their defensive line this past year. Brandon Simon, Garrett Jansen, Davian Nixon all transferring, Jack Kallenberger retiring, Parker Hesse, Matt Nelson, Sam Brinks, they all graduated. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously graduation and guys going pro, that's not a negative. Those things happen. Sure, and then A.J. Nelson team. going to the NFL. Yeah, but they Nelson. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, going pro and graduating, that's, that's, that's what happens in college football. Um, However, they only have 12 defensive linemen left, four walk-ons. Yep. Um, the front four is still good. I mean, we'll talk about that okay. down the road. But, yeah, the depth is, is a big concern. Davian Nixon isn't dead yet. Um, Correct. He may still come back. He wants play. to be on the team. And the sure. coaches want on the team. It's just it's, great. It's just right? flat out great yeah. thing. So, yeah. But that's Sam Brinks. He was a truck. Wow. Yeah. I, you should, uh, I could have got the, I could have got the, if you would have. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. Good <laughs> job, though. Thank you. Moving right along. Maryland, a couple hires here. Uh, the Bama GA Mike Miller has been hired as an unnamed assistant so far, but he is on staff uh, before Alabama. He was at Clemson, so good pedigree there. And also, Mike Loxley has hired Scotty Montgomery, the former East Carolina head coach, as the OC. Moving on to Michigan. Yeah, well, and then real quick with Maryland, sure. my comment was for a while there, it seemed like uh, Loxley was striking out on yeah. a lot of coaches to try to bring him into yeah. Maryland. And my comment was he might be a better recruiter for kids than he has grown men Touché. but he's kind of filled it out now right so yeah i think it's mostly filled out at this point michigan khaki pants has quote handed the keys to the offensive bus to josh gaddis their new offensive coordinator who also came from bama was the co-oc there spent some time at penn state and vandy when james franklin was there and something interesting to me with that is that when khaki pants came to michigan obviously Quarterback there, he's he's yeah. been a Michigan man for whatever that means for a long time. Nobody was more excited about a coach getting hired into their program than Michigan fans right. were with Harbaugh. How quickly it's turned to almost every single Michigan fan is ecstatic that he's given away the keys to the offense to a new guy. But I think, wasn't Pep Hamilton doing most of the play calling but before? I, but the, the fact that they went... Uh, over and, and beyond mm-hmm. to make it clear that Harbaugh was yeah. passing off the offense. <laughs> right. d- d- doesn't that sure. give you a signal right there that they that was a PR thing wrapped around an X and O thing, obviously, True. to say we, we are trying to show you, Michigan fans and, and people of the college football world, I will not be calling the plays this year. I agree with you. Yep. And that's Greek always seeing the big picture there. <laughs> uh, let's see, moving on. Still with Michigan, though, they have hired Arizona State defensive line coach Sean Nua to the same position at Michigan. And did you see they extended, supposedly, I'm taking this with a grain of salt, a scholarship offered to a 13-year-old yeah. quarterback, Isaiah Marshall from Southfield, Michigan. I don't know how much I believe that, though. Yeah. 
because that happened with Illinois with that bunchy kid. Remember that? He was like 10 years old. But they asked the Illinois staff and they said, we never offered him a scholarship. We just said, keep working hard and we're going to be recruiting you. And And suddenly the media is like, oh, Illinois offered a scholarship. So I don't know if that's true or not. Okay, Michigan State hmm, accepts the resignation of interim president John Engler. About time. This is the genius that said the Larry Nassar victims were, quote, enjoying their spotlight. Yikes. It's a, it's, it's, I don't want to go deep into this for sure, but it continually amazes me how stupid some people can be. And true to Sparty form, in his reg- resignation letter, did not offer an apology. Oops, that according to ESPN. Minnesota, another transfer, Micah Dew-Treadway. Defensive tackle from Notre Dame will be immediately eligible. He will join Randall Grimes, the wide receiver from USC that we've talked about before. Nebraska, do you remember this name? Dedrick Mills, former Georgia Tech running back. Yeah. If I remember, he was kind of a bruiser like a Zigbo. He's transferring from Juco, had some off-the-field problems. He'll be eligible in 2019. Moving on to Ohio State, Kendall Sheffield, cornerback, declared for the NFL. And, of course, our, our beloved Urban Meyer is now going to be a Fox analyst next year for the, the college football season. And I think there's just, again, so much Urban backlash that people – a lot of what I saw on Twitter was not excited, don't care, whatever. I thought he was awesome in the yeah. booth that year at ESPN. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Penn State, mercy. They have lost five guys to the NFL – they have lost, just since the end of the season, another 11, 11 to transfers into. There it goes. Firing up that flux <laughs> capacitor into the portal. Gosh, 11 guys. And when you look at it, we're looking at two wide receivers, a couple linebackers, three safeties. I mean, their depth is getting absolutely crushed here. Yeah. So I'm not ready to say Penn State is a dumpster fire by any means. They had a great season. But, boy, they're going to have some some serious like roster issues to dig out of the next couple of years here. I think they're down to like 76 guys, including their incoming class. And it's not over yet. Right. I mean, between recruiting and the portal, there could be yeah. a lot of depth that they could get right back in. Um, I've again, I've dug into it as much as I could. I, I just don't see anything out there where anybody's willing to say what's going on or what's happening there just seems to be a lot of guys transferring, and nobody can really say for sure. It's not a good sign, though. No, it's it's not a good sign. It no. can't be a good sign. No. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that next year. Uh, finally, Rutgers, Montario Hunt, wide receiver from Northwest Mississippi Community College. That was the one from Last Chance U, the Netflix show. He uh, just signed with Rutgers, one of the worst shows I've ever watched in my life. All right, so I know we talked about the, the transfer portal. There it is again. We could do a different sound every time. I yeah. don't know. Um, I just want to talk a little bit more on it. I've had some more okay. organized thoughts. Certainly, if you're listening to other podcasts or you know college sports radio, they're, they're, you're, you're hearing stuff about the portal all week long. It's pretty much impossible to get away from I'm it. I'm sure somebody just entered the portal right now, and we don't <laughs> even know about it. Um, I think it would I, – I believe if you um, pulled fans yeah. and you pulled coaches – Somewhere around 80% of fans and coaches would feel uneasy about the portal, right? Is that? I think so, yes. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I mean, I'm over. I'm waiting to see what happens the next couple of years here. Yeah. I mean, for, for Illinois, it's worked out great this year. For Minnesota, they're building their roster. I think it, it allows some of those guys at some of the better programs that aren't playing to get a chance to play and at the same time allows the lower teams to kind of build up off of okay. that. So, I mean, 
of course, I'm an Illinois fan and biased, but I am in favor of kind of balancing, you know, the college if football a little bit more. So if that's I'm how it, in favor of it. If I'm that's sure. how it plays out, I'm always, you know, suspicious about that because I feel somehow a blue blood program will figure out a way that it'll be an advantage to a blue blood program. Or Saban will complain enough they'll change the rule. <laughs> right. Um but right now, yes, uneasiness. If it does work out, that's great. But overall, um, one of the things that I keep hearing it compared to, I've heard you compare it to, mm-hmm. is the NFL free agency. Yeah. But here's just a couple thoughts I had. You, you tell me if I'm crazy or, or what. But isn't this crazier or worse, I don't know what the wording is, than free agency? Because in the NFL, when you're looking at it from a team's point of view, okay, don't yeah. get me wrong. I get it. Student athletes are very important, but something you brought up in the podcast that I keep thinking about is you said, well, fans are fans matter too. Well, we should. I mean, we're the reason all this stuff is happening. We're the reason they play in close to a billion dollar stadiums and have these, you know, hundred million dollar workout facilities and lazy rivers and all the other BS that comes along with it. And the scholarships, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And the universities and the football programs put time and resources into the players, right, to, to right. develop them. Okay. Um, so all those things I think are true. Comparing it again to the free agency, in in the NFL, the teams get to sign their players to typically three- or four-year contracts. Yeah. There's, there's no three- or four-year contracts here is the point I'm trying to make. It's just willy-nilly well, every four games or one year or a semester. There, You know what I mean? There's, right. there's at least – a little bit of stability as comparison with the NFL that if you sign a guy, you're going to have them for whatever the length of that contract sure. is. Sure. I mean, from the program or team perspective, there kind of is that because the teams have to, at least in the Big Ten, guarantee four-year scholarship. But from the player's perspective, they're not locked into that team in college like they are in the pros. Right. So they're, there's – yeah. And then I see what you're saying. It's yeah, it's just more willy nilly uh, uh, on the lines of the willy nilly. I don't know if you read uh, Bruce Feldman's article from the Athletic. It wasn't a long article. He just kind of gotten to that one. I did see it. I mean, yes. I'll give you the synapse. But he basically shadowed a coach. He doesn't name the coach, obviously. Um, and they just sat through while the portal was going. You know, like watching players come in, having their okay. own players go into the portal. There is, there's no rules. This is just, it is the wild, wild west right now. It's not regulated. Um, sure. Like, it's not like recruiting where you get stars. And you well, kinda, there's that, but also probably official visits, I guess. I don't know if there's an official or none of, I don't know how they're doing that. Well, the whole point is you might lose a couple players to the portal, right? Yeah. Okay, that, you know, you know those guys. You know everything about that player because, you know, you've had them on their team for a year or two or whatever. But... The other teams on what they know about every every other player that's in the portal, they're they're completely clueless unless it's somebody that they played against okay. or recruited. You mm-hmm. know that they have some sort of background of knowing the player. So when they were following this coach, there was a player that was in the portal, mm-hmm. and it was a position of need. So they sure. looked into it, called the team that this player was listed yeah. under. It, the only thing they said it was an ACC team. That's the only thing they were. Willing to willing to admit, they called that ACC team, and I'm I'm assuming it's like an SID or somebody that's yeah. taking those phone calls. They had he did not know who the player was. Come to find Serious? out that it was a guy that they uh, invited to camp. He never even made the roster. He put his name Are in the serious? portal. Yes, underneath that ACC team, they had no they had no idea. 
The team had no idea that they. So he well, that's was a serious hole in this whole thing. I mean, yeah. I thought the the team, the the program, actually had to enter the kid's name. So I thought there was someone, you know, qualified on on not from what team. I read in that article. Okay, don't get me wrong. I think that's how it goes down most of the time. But right now, you could be a guy that was a long snapper in high school, never actually made it to a college roster. You could throw your name in the so portal and see if a team picks right. you up. Wow, that's There's, crazy. There are the FBS players and FCS players all in one, the same portal. The only thing. Oh, no kidding. Yep. You don't know if they're in there for injury. I didn't know that. You don't know if they're in there for uh, unhappiness. Wow. Grades. You have. Off the field, kicked off the team. None of that. You have to go do your own research. Wow. As a coach, as an SID, it is. It's Helter Skelter. That sounds like it. We need to put Big Kurt's name in there and see if anybody picks him up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what position are you going in for? Just out of, off the oh top gosh, of I don't know. <laughs> what can I possibly play at this point? Well, you can't possibly. It's play not anything. looking good. No. All right. Um, the other thing too. Cornerback. Uh, more more <laughs> cornerback. Cornerback. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing that just again, I'm just thoughts. I'm just throwing it out there. You tell me what. Okay. When you're on a roster, once you once you sign letter of intent, you're on the team. You cannot be. You, people can't buy anything anymore, you know? Right. It's, if it's a booster thing, if it's a coach on the team, a coach can't say, okay, whoever has the most sacks in this game, I'm going to give you a $500 gift card. I mean, that's breaking sure. NCAA rules. Yeah. But but Jalen Hurts, right, probably yeah. one of the, the highest, you know, transfer portal, you know, players. Yeah. Um, Higher profile. After he put himself in the portal, mm-hmm. he was getting wined and dined. Oh, I know. So... <laughs> But how does that work? So that happens on recruiting trips, doesn't it? So I guess so that's what I'm saying. So it trip. falls under a recruiting. So trip now he becomes a point. recruit again, essentially. Okay. Doesn't really. Fall. But have you ever heard anybody explain no, that? I out? haven't. When when do you cease to be a player, a player and become a recruit again? Correct. I don't know. Do, do, do you, I don't know. I find that interesting. It is. So okay. Basically, what we're getting at. It's the same. It's an overused term, but unfortunately, it, it's accurate. This is not the sport that you and I grew up with, this has become, right. of course, a business, right? Yeah, much more than it was. So I'm kind of continuing on again with looking at comparing the uh, uh, the student-athletes' rights compared against their essentially employer with the program, right? okay? So now we are, we're, we're calling this a business. So me and you are both in sales or in some sort of sales organization. I am willing to bet a ton of people listening to this podcast and other podcasts are traveling salespeople that are around, you know, listening yeah, to stuff. Okay. Sure. So this is how I'd break down a football program as compared to a sales organization. Okay. All you right. tell me if I'm, if I'm off, but the, the AD head of the uh, athletic department of the university, that's like the owner of the company. Sure. Okay. The head coach is like the president. Mm-hmm. Okay. The position coach is like an area manager. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the players are like the salespeople. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. Um, have you ever signed a non-compete as a salesperson? I never have, no. Okay. I've signed two. Okay. Meaning I, I could quit my job at any time I wanted to, but I couldn't go to a competitive you know, exact product right. unless it was a year. And most of them are okay. a year. Some of them are 18 months. So you sign on for that to get, to get the job. That's very common. I'm not saying yeah, it's, no, it is it's not common. across the board. So is it 
crazy that some of these coaches are like, I don't want you going to a team inside my conference. We just spent a year or two developing you, get you getting to know our offense, our defense, or whatever, and then you go to our rival. I'm just, I'm just it's throwing not crazy, it. I'm no. just throwing it out there. If that, especially if that team is on your schedule the next year or the year that you know he he's going to be eligible to play. It's understandable to not want him to move there. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln Riley got absolutely Melba toasted for yeah. uh, limited. I can't remember the quarterback now off the top of my head. Kendall but he went Austin. To, yeah. And then he went yeah. to West Virginia, West Virginia right? Yep. Um, and everybody just is, they just blown their mind, blown a gasket at, at him. I, I, I get it. I, I would feel the same way. And that was strange because he wasn't blocking him from going to West Virginia because you can't do that anymore. But somehow he was able to block him from being eligible next season, which I don't even understand. That no, was a new like one everybody's trying to pick up the pieces on how this yeah, works. We're still figuring it out. I just think, yes. Uh, and he's going to play West Virginia next year. Yes. Obviously. And the only reason that went down is because of social media. Mm-hmm. There, there was just so much pressure coming down on Lincoln Riley. Oh, he he like, that. No, that was eventually going to happen. Or did he just say, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what the reaction is. And then he recounted. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure why he even tried it. He had to have known that that was going to be the end result and make himself look bad. Sometimes, you make, sometimes you make decisions when you're angry and they're the correct yeah. ones. Lincoln Riley isn't that special. He, he maybe made a decision because he was mad about right. that player leaving. Um, and I certainly don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But, again, keeping up with the theme of college athletes now being more like employees than they are yep. amateur players. I mean, aren't we going right back into the union of unionization of players and this becoming more yeah. of a regulated thing where, you know, you maybe have to pay taxes on income and things like that. Well, I, I mean, we're, we're getting very, very close to that. Let's call up the Northwestern right. captains and get their input on it. But I mean, if you go to Northwestern, you, you, you probably got a brain inside that skull. A lot of those guys saw this coming from yeah. a mile away. Right. They were kind of ahead of their time because right. that was a couple years ago. So with all that crap, you know, pretty much being negative, there is potentially, I believe, one silver lining with this whole deal. All right. If all this goes down, it kind of turns into a business. You're, you sign some kind of contract, whatever. Then we can bring back NCAA football. 2000 oh, yeah. whatever okay. for ea sports because basically so all you gamers out there are <laughs> happy again i feel like we're taking steps towards getting my game you want to hear something but. crazy yeah i never i've that played madden before but i've never that played surprise the me. college game the yeah ncaa game yeah not I, once i was hooked on that game okay is no, no other way to put it there was a a time where if i got beat by Iowa State in the game. So the first time you play it, the first time you play it. Okay? It all goes back to Iowa State. Yeah, the first time, because I'd always start out as Iowa, of course, and then mm-hmm. um, uh, the the fir- it's weird with video games like that, but they switch it up a little bit every year. Okay. So the game's just different when you pick it up, and it takes you like a season to figure okay. stuff out. All right. Um, so it was hard. Like the first two or three games were hard, so you'd always play Iowa State the second game of the okay. year. And there literally was like a three-year-in-a-row st- stretch where if I beat Iowa in the video game, we beat them in, in real life. And if I got beat, we got beat in real life. There okay. was like the third or fourth year, I was like nervous when I was playing Iowa State for real because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I thought I had a, a uh, you know, overarching effect. income. But, right. You thought you could have been I'm a being facetious here. I didn't actually think that. But all right. So that will get us into – I think we're, we'll probably do four teams on this one. Hopefully we're not – Going too long, right? Yeah, I think we do four teams. We can get, get through in. four of them. Okay, all right.
So what we're going to do again is uh, four individual teams. We're going to go over what uh, I predicted they would. Uh, the record was. We're going to go over what Big Kurt predicted. Then obviously the actual record. Uh, we're going to look at the schedule and just kind of give what we thought was maybe the low point, maybe the high point of the year, um, and then just give our overall thoughts on how we thought the year went. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So random order. First up, the Wisconsin Badgers. I had them at seven and two in the Big Ten, ten and two overall, as did Kurt, seven and two and ten and two. They wound up five and four overall in the Big Ten. Five and four in the Big Ten. Excuse me, seven and five overall. They finished eight and five with the win. So neither one of us get a win here. This is a push because we were equally off. But I'll yep. tell you this much: I didn't lose any sleep over that because pretty much everybody in the country was off on the Badgers this year. Yeah, in fact, I tried to – I remember going down their schedule, I tried to find losses because I didn't think they were as good as everyone was saying they were, but I just couldn't find that many. And well, Shane, yeah, and you still found them at 10-2. and two. I still put them at 10-2. and two. Um, the, the games I got wrong were BYU, Northwestern, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I think almost everybody – so for me – you know, maybe we'll start with the the negative first and finish on a positive for each team. I actually had troubles pointing out like where the season turned bad type of of game. I think honestly, you could. I'm not just sure go- there was really a turn. They just were kind of always not as good as people expected them to be. And I understand that. It, that is a very good point. But I mean, I would may- say maybe BYU. a different way of saying it is we first got an idea that things weren't good at BYU. BYU. Yeah. But, I mean, the other one you could throw out there, I mean, even after they lost to BYU and they got mm-hmm. beat pretty handily by Michigan, yep. they're still very much in the running for the Big Ten Championship yep. at that point. So the other one I looked at was was at Northwestern. And I think by the time they had gotten to Northwestern, lost that game, I think you could definitely tell there, there was That kind of sealed the season. Yeah, because at that point they were 5-3. and three, um, and, I, and then they it set them up for that big – loss at the end of the season where Minnesota finally got the axe back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the wins that you got to give them credit for as far as you could tell that it's a program that was that's full of pride, right? They're, they weren't just going to pitch it in would sure. be Purdue. And then at the end of the year with the bowl game versus Miami, um, I think I'm going to throw Iowa in there, too. Yeah, but that was to a good me, win at Kinnick. Certainly is, but it was at the beginning of the year when at that point you were still expecting Wisconsin yeah. to kind of to be Wisconsin at that point in the year. But no, I hear you. Um, but overall, I mean, the again, the win versus Miami helped. It put a nice little bit better looking bow on on what it was, but I don't think we're going too far out on a limb here when we say that the, the it was a disappointing season. It for was, Wisconsin. but he I'm I'm happy that he beat uh, or they beat Manny Diaz. Yes, in that game again. Because now you're now I'm anti Manny Diaz against Manny yeah. Diaz, but his name will be coming up a lot. Um, injuries played in to Wisconsin season big time. I don't think there is any any way to get Especially around on that. defense. I think they could have figured out a way to manufacture nine wins had the defense been the defense that yeah. it had been. I mean, we we're we're not just talking about they were a good defense in 2017. Wisconsin's been a good defense. 2014, 15, oh, 16, yeah. 17. I mean, they He's have come been to count very consistent. Yeah. That, to me, was... Because when you looked at the offense this year, they they were still running the ball great. This is one of the they best were. rushing yes. offenses, not just in the Big it Ten. It was number entire, one in the Big Ten. Correct. I just believe that because the defense struggled so much, it did put that much more pressure 
on the quarterback spot. Yeah, and that's where that was their biggest weakness there that, you we, go. that we talked about going in the season. But was, do you know what I mean? Like to just lay it all at the feet of the quarterbacks is I don't know if it's say it's unfair, it just might not be the whole picture of what you would give. My guess is if the defense was as good as it was the year before, there just would not have been as much of a need for the quarterback to make as True. many plays as they needed they to. They could have been more conservative. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then still won games. Right. But because that defense was so hobbled, so yeah. behind the eight ball so many times, it just it showed a big spotlight on the quarterback situation and and nobody could none of them could step up. I'm really curious if that Graham Mertz guy plays next year. Yeah. If that makes a big difference. Well, that'll be into uh the uh Next phase when we're looking at teams, but yeah. I, I know what I'm thinking already. Um, anything else you want to add on Wisconsin? Uh, nope, that's all I got on Wisconsin. Okay, next up, going to the uh, Big Ten East, the Maryland Terrapins. I had them predicted at three and six overall, five and seven in the Big Ten. Big Kurt had them at four and five in the Big Ten, six and six overall. I actually nailed this one dead on. They were three and six in the Big Ten. Five and seven overall. So I take I take a lead. I'm up Chalk one, one up. I'm up, I'm up one nothing. The Greek. He's up one nothing. So I was close here. Um, didn't nail it like you did, but I was wrong about the Texas game, the Temple game, and the IU game. Yeah, I mean I'm I, I'm not going over the exact uh, wins losses as much as I'm just kind of looking at the overall schedule. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any question that the highlight of the entire year was opening weekend beating yes, Texas, correct? absolutely. I mean, there's nothing you can really point on the schedule that is really jumps off the page that competes against it, I guess. And low point has to be Temple, right? We all thought, at least I did, after those first two games, I'm like, okay, this is a dangerous team here. And then they lost to Temple. Oops. And nobody, so nobody at the time, if you remember, but Temple was actually 0-2. Right. They took off after that. Temple was was not the Temple that they wound up being those first two games of the year. Unfortunately for Maryland, they they, they came out of their shell. Mm. Pardon the, huh? What? Yeah, pardon the Nice. Oh, yeah. like against, against Maryland. So you could definitely put that one out there. To me... I felt like the low point of the season for Maryland was going into going into the year as a Maryland fan. Mm-hmm. You are wanting to get a bowl. I you think most really, a bowl, I okay. Think. So they were still very much in the running to get to a bowl until when they lost at Indiana. Indiana that w- that was because at that point they know that uh, they were following up with Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah, they were going to need very basically a chance. minor miracle to be able to get to a bowl game. I would say. To me, that's the negative turning point on the season. And the way they lost, too. I can't remember the exact situation, but they kind of had the game in hand and gave it up at the end there. Yep. And and so overall, I think you're just going to give this season a very, very minor disappointment. Um, yeah, because you had the Durkin stuff going on, which is tough to overcome. I mean, once that stuff hit in the offseason – to to for Canada to almost get them to a bowl it's is a, yeah it's almost like an impressive season in some ways okay okay I don't I'm on I almost this is you know talk out of two sides of my mouth alert here but given where Maryland was at in July yeah okay you would have expected them to get to a bowl yeah given where Maryland wound up being in the middle of August then it, it changed. And the fact that Canada could even hold them together. I mean, they, they dang near beat Ohio State, ironically. Should have beat Ohio State to make yeah. to be bowl eligible. And this is another team that just had huge hole at quarterback. Correct. So to no even doubt, win no five doubt. Games. I mean, that was it's almost like there's similarities between, you know, going through Maryland's schedule and, and the deficiencies and strength. Yep. I mean, obviously Maryland was 
an amazing rushing team. They were almost yep. all year until, of course, they went against more physically dominating teams. Sure. I mean, Iowa, line. Michigan, uh, Michigan State just absolutely yeah. shut them down. I'm, I know during the season you were completely ranting and raving all the time about Oh my gosh, we got to have some quarterback and downfield passing here. Yes, yeah. I mean, if if you stop the running game, you stopped Maryland. That was that was kind of the that's the recipe for beating Maryland. Yep. Can, can you slow down the run? Okay, you win. Yep. And I think because of that, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Matt Canada did not wind up getting the permanent head coaching yeah. position. I think they wanted to. I think so too. Wanted to to branch out, and that's what but brought in Loxley. So, yeah. Again, overall five and seven. Uh, not a horrible year, but not exactly what Maryland Terrapin pan, uh, fans wanted. All right, so next up, jump back into the Big Ten West with the Purdue Boilermakers. I had them at three and six in conference, five and seven overall. Big Kurt had them at four and five in conference, also mm-hmm. five and seven overall. They, they bested both of us. Five and four in conference, six and six overall, six and seven with the bull loss. So neither one of us exactly lit this on fire, but with your four and five in conference record, you're actually closer than yeah, I was. So, so I, you, you get the win. You I get the win. Give there. one to Big Kurt here. Yeah. Strange season. Every game that you thought they should win, they lost. Every game you thought they lost, they would win. You look at their non conference, they lose to Eastern Michigan. Okay, you, you, you maybe expected them to lose to Missouri. And I thought, okay, at that point, they have no chance of beating Boston College. And then they absolutely freight train Boston College. Insane. That was, to me, what turned the season. I mean, obviously, right? That, right. That's what turned the season is, is the way that they beat the hell out of the Boston College Eagles. So on my schedule here to help myself out, I basically have orange as a low point that I have highlighted here or green okay. as, a, as a high point. You could basically just... Which by go the way, green, look, green, red, green, red, yeah. or green, <laughs> go back or green. I mean, it just would go back and forth in the whole schedule. Which both look identical to Big Kurt because I'm colorblind. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were that colorblind. Oh yeah, those Man. look the same. I feel like I learn new stuff about you all the time, but a lot of it's not good. It's There's like, a lot of like, layers <laughs> to Big Kurt. <laughs> Constant <laughs> physical things you're trying to trying to work through, brother. Um, yeah, as far as the the low point, okay, uh, we'll get to the positive stuff here, but it's a toss-up for me because I feel like Eastern Michigan was a low point. But yeah. I tell you what, the bowl game, that was well, that sure. was not the way <laughs> to end the season. That that put a that put a you know, un- unfortunate end of the season. Well, and another one and I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. You beat Ohio State and you figure, okay, this team can beat anybody. They go on the road to Minnesota. Now, granted, remember, Minnesota's actually slightly favored in that game by game time, and they're playing in weather, but the way they played that game, it after Minnesota had gotten just killed by Illinois of all teams. I mean, what do what are we losing in any capacity to Eastern Michigan, right? Yep. Getting your, your doors blown off by uh, uh, Auburn, Minnesota, and to be quite honest with you, they – it was an ugly display they put on versus Michigan State as well. Yes. But then balancing that back out on absolutely blowing the – I mean, to me, there are two bright spots on the season. Everybody's going to point to Ohio State, and I, I mm-hmm. think that's the, the obvious choice. But for them to have had two losses, an ugly loss to Minnesota yep. 
a gut punch loss versus Wisconsin. At yep. that point, they are sitting at five and seven, and then they play their rival Indiana yep. and win. I don't know. I, I my guess is you could get some Purdue fans to say that could have been the highlight of the maybe. Era. I mean, you're, it's it's a rival and a win that secured you getting into a bowl. That, right. That that, that was. That was and, an impressive job by the coaches and team to, to, you know, pull it out of the dumpster at that point. Absolutely. And Purdue and IU people absolutely hate each other. Yes. They, it's it's in, a real living, yeah. breathing rivalry. I grew up in Indiana until I was 12. And even back then, I remember the rivalry. So, um, yeah, it's amazing uh, early in the season how bad they looked, too. Just in general, the coaching was just bad. It was bad. To be honest. And, and Brome went on record as saying he screwed up those first three, first two games mm-hmm. uh, because they were the Purdue that they would wind up being by the time they played Missouri. If you can remember, that was the yep. third game. They got screwed got totally in screwed that there. game. Yeah. I, I very much believe they should have won that game, but that was a very salty Missouri team that they, mm-hmm. you know, challenged the entire game. Um, they, they, sw- they, whatever they were doing conservative style, those first two games, they completely abandoned that yeah. and went to the, I don't know the, what you want to call it. The all but, out shoot, yeah. you know, like gunslinger that, uh, that we kind of know Brown to be. Yeah. So, and I guess once you get to that point, that's what opens you up to amazing swings of, of positive and, and amazing then, swings of negative. And that's pretty much how it played out. The, uh, the, the Brett year. Favre syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Good comparison. All right. So that gets us to last team here, the Penn State Nittany Lions. I had uh, Penn State at seven two, seven and two in conference, ten and two overall. Big Kurt had them at seven and two in conference, nine and three overall. They actually wound up six and three in conference, nine and three overall, nine and four with the bull loss. Big Kurt. Takes this one. You nailed right. their overall record, so you're yes. up two two to one right now. Um, give me a game, negative, positive, that, that that pops out for Penn State. Well, I mean, certainly one that was deflating for Penn State was that Ohio State game. That's what I got down. Because they just lost by one point. They lost at home. They lost kind of in heartbreaking fashion. That, that could have set them up to potentially win the East and set them up for even a playoff berth. Who knows? Because so, when you look at their schedule, um, you know maybe you forget, but looking back, that first game, App State, um, nothing against App State, but my guess is uh, Penn State players and coaches maybe weren't as wired as they should sure. be for their season opener. Come yep. to find out, they were playing one of the most dynamic yeah. offenses yeah. in all of college football. That wound up being an impressive win to get that, and then they just demolished Pittsburgh, Kent State, and Illinois. At that mm-hmm. point, you know, Penn State was was rocking. I mean, they yep. were highly ranked to go in to play Ohio State. They had the lead almost the entire game versus Ohio yep. State, and to just get crushed at the end, I think that, that that was the ugly shadow that was hanging over the team the whole year. Yeah, and then obviously a hangover, they lose the next game to Michigan State. And go on to lose to Michigan as well. So what do you have for the the highlight? For the highlight for me, um, there's a couple different games you could have picked. I think you could have picked Iowa. I think you could have picked uh, – uh, uh, I, I picked Wisconsin. Because at that point, they had gone loss-loss uh, Michigan State, win-win Indiana-Iowa, and then a very, very brutal loss to Michigan. In that instance, you have that ugly loss to Michigan, yeah. and then you play Wisconsin. Again, now Wisconsin wasn't the world beaters that you expected them to be, but it wasn't like 
you know, that's that's still a bowl team coming in. It wouldn't have been sure. crazy to think that Penn State would have lost that game. Their whole season could have gone off the rails had they got beat by Wisconsin, but they didn't. True. So they beat Wisconsin, and then they finish up winning uh, versus Rutgers in Maryland. Um, nine and three for the regular season. Um, I don't think it's any secret that Penn State fans are a proud and boisterous fan base, and I think they expect Big Ten championships. Yeah. Pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, as a outsider, but follows obviously the Big Ten as close as I can. This was a young team, and for them to have gone nine and three, with their only losses being very good teams in Ohio State, Michigan State, right. and Michigan. To me, at that point, it was a very successful year. Oh, I, I, no question. This is a very successful year. I'm just still concerned about all the attrition they had. Yeah, for I mean, next year. we didn't know about the attrition. During the season, no. we didn't know that well, was going to happen. There was a couple happen. guys. Manny Bowen left during the season. One other guy left during the season. So those 16 that I named off, there's actually a couple more that you can throw on top of that. So the what I keep pushing or, or pointing back to is with James Franklin after the Ohio State loss, mm-hmm. he was kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs yeah. after that game, wasn't he? Well, that's when he was saying we're – great but we're not elite and we're gonna and, do if we, if, we, if we have to do one more rep if we have to yeah, go to and one more class and putting it onto the players if i recall okay. like not really taking ownership of it which you kind of have to do as a head coach so was that press conference and how things were handled after that is was this kind of the snowball and now Might we're seeing the, the effect of Might all the been. transfers yeah okay so certainly again you go back to that Ohio State game, that was a wound up being a destructive loss for Penn State. So I would, of, of all the teams in the Big Ten, I think right now I'd want to be a fly on the wall at Penn State more yeah. than anywhere. Just, just, just to, see to what's figure happening. out what's going on. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a curious thing that's going on right now. Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that things are never as good or never as bad as they seem. I um, am too. Something's going on, but I still think, and, and, you know, and nine, still nine, recruiting. so nine. Yeah, they're still recruiting Very well. Um, I do think the Kentucky loss in the bowl game also not good. That was not a good no. way. Kentucky was much better than probably me or certainly other people gave them credit. I think for. better than I gave them credit for. Yeah, um, I thought Penn State would just kind of outclass I really them with too. athletes and offense and Trace McSorley. And and to talk about Penn State in 2018 we you just have to bring up Trace McSorley what a career that guy wound up yeah, having. and he was hobbled all year unfortunately There's no doubt that he was he was injured never really at any point was was 100% healthy so um, to still carry him to nine wins is pretty impressive all right so that's it that's four teams right there we'll randomly pick three or four more teams in the next podcast to go yep. over um got anything else that's all I got okay all right a little bit quicker one this week, but again, thanks for uh, listening to the Eyes on Big podcast. Please, got a couple new uh, listeners this week. Always good to have. Yep. Um, please read, rate, and review, and above all things, share to your friends, whether it's Twitter, whether it's just text messaging the, the podcast. It's very easy to share. In the words of Adam Sandler, share, baby, share. <laughs> all right. With that being said, I am Jeff Degree. This is Big Kurt. All right, thanks. Bye.